Welcome to Indie Depth, the show where we go in-depth with independent filmmakers about the filmmaking process. I'm your host, Andrew Froning, and today with me, I have Lisa Sorrentino, a filmmaker um, right now specializing in horror films, and your latest horror film, Hunger, which I can see the poster for right above your head, <laughs> um, has won Best Music and has also been nominated for Best Actor, Best Director, Best Cinematography, Best Short. I mean, the list goes on. I can't remember them all, but, <laughs> but congratulations. That's good success. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, now, one of the things that I found was very interesting when I had spoken with um, an actor that you worked with is he said, oh, you have to talk to Lisa. Um, just being on their sets is, is so different from anything that I've ever been on. And, you know, my interest was piqued. I had to, I, I had to find out more. <laughs> um, and I, from what you've told me, you try to keep it a very like family oriented feeling, a very family feeling to your sets. We do. Um, that would be David A. Velez. He's, uh, he's, he's going places. He's uh, a wonderful actor. Um, but yeah, uh, everybody we encounter on this journey that we've been on, um, just always tells us they rave and it's, it's very humbling, um, that they tell us, you know, how much they love to be on our set and how easy and relaxing it is. And that we give them the creativity to, bring things to the role or even, you know, in the cinematography that their own ideas, we're not, we don't like to stifle anybody. We yeah. like to br let them bring out their own creativity and it just makes things so much calmer on the set, so much more fun. Um, and, you know, 12 hour, 14 hour day could just fly by because you're just you're enjoying what you're doing. Right. Yeah. Time flies when you're having fun. Yep. <laughs> and um, definitely, I know you have a few films under your belt and one of the things that you learn with you know continuing to make films is you get a little bit out of out of your own head so much as to like oh this is my vision it has to go exactly like this and right. you really do learn to appreciate that the people you're bringing aboard you've brought aboard for a reason absolutely and, and we've had things come out of our films that we would have never saw that way if they hadn't suggested something and it made it so much better right and being open to that is is just crucial or else you get a film that makes sense to you but you know there's always like a review process and it even happens on set where someone says well yeah that was interesting but what if we tried this so right. you constantly have to like analyze and, and think okay well you know should we try it do we have time to try it is this better than what I had thought, and do we just switch it up entirely? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah and time constraints just, you know, sometimes you, you can't always, you know, go that far, but we seem to try and make it work. Good. <laughs> Got to make it work. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I hear you have, like, one-day shoots. You do short films, but yes. um, you do one-day shoots, and from the film that I had seen there were a couple different it might have been the same location but you know a couple different setups in different rooms um how do you how do you structure that to to do everything in one day 
We basically do everything at my house. Okay. <laughs> I have changed the paint and the decor so many times you would oh. have no idea. Oh, wow. Everything that goes into pre-production is on me getting this house set up for every shoot. Um, yeah, like house call, we transformed my basement, um, but we also had to use my kitchen and the outside. Um, we have had a couple where we've used my niece's house. She's about 10 minutes away. So it's like pack up, run over there, do the scene so they get back over here. And somehow, you know, sometimes we get so nervous because um, there's so many shots that you know, Daniel um, wants to always get. And we always feel like we're running out of time, but somehow it just always comes together. I think the latest we have ever gone is 9 30, 10 o'clock at night. Okay. Yeah. And <laughs> that's great. And I, I'm sure you save so much time by like shooting at your house and you can. I don't know if you set up beforehand, but at least you've got all the equipment in one place. You don't have to pack it up. And then unload it and then set it up and then do the reverse at the end of the day. Yeah, no, the house is already set up and most of the time Daniel lives in Philadelphia. So he, you know, and most of the actors want to come in Philadelphia. We have some that come from Lancaster. But, um, yeah, they everybody gets here about 730 in the morning, has something to eat. We go over everything and then just get to it. <laughs> nice. And I heard you cook breakfast. I do. I usually get a lot of bagels. I used to get bagels. I used to make some eggs and stuff, but I make breakfast and then we break for lunch. I usually order pizzas and then the night before I usually have something prepared because everybody wants to go home when they're done. Nobody wants to sit and eat. So right. send everybody home with some lasagna or sausage and peppers and onions. We're Italian. So. Oh, that's great. <laughs> everybody takes food home. So. Yeah, so they get a good meal. It's not just like yep. pizza for lunch and for dinner. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I always, I always uh, cook a good meal for them to take home. Oh, that's great. Mm -hmm. And, um, you also work with your husband. I do. I do. It's, it's because of him that we started this. Um, we've been married for what now, 37 years, something like that. He's always been writing ever since I've known him, mostly, you know, novels. Then yeah, maybe a decade ago, we started getting into the screenplays and you send them into these, you know, contests and stuff. It's like, a, or try and find an agent. It's like a bottomless pit. If you're not known, nobody wants to know you. So one day I just said to him, why don't we do this ourselves? And he just looked at me like I was nuts and he said, <laughs> yeah, I'll call Martin Scorsese. Give me a minute. So I said, no, that was I, if, through Facebook, you start seeing, you know, the whole indie film world and, you know, people advertising for actors and not everybody wants paid in the beginning. We didn't for our first one. We didn't pay anybody. Everybody just volunteered. They just want to work. Yeah. But by the second one, we said we need to do this right. So we just started advertising. That's how we met Daniel Brown of Wide-Eyed Picks and um, uh, uh, the the gentleman we usually work for Sound, um, Jack Chance, and then Ariabus Jennison came in and worked with us the last one. Um, he's also Sound, and we generally work with the same crew is is usually our base. But um, I don't know where I was going with all this. <laughs> well, it sounds like by keeping the same crew. Um, you've got a shorthand with them. Like they, they know what to expect, and you know what to expect from them. You know how to communicate. Yeah, well, Daniel Brown is, you know, he's an amazing talent. He has his own company, Wide Eye Pictures, and that's when three films ago we decided to go in collaboration because he is amazing, just mm. absolutely amazing. He takes on the role of director, cinematographer, editor. Um, he does it all, and without him, we none of this would have been possible. He's amazing. I can't say enough about him. <laughs> 
So but yeah, my husband. Yeah, so that's that's how we started this, and we just started um, advertising first on Craigslist, then on Film.org. Met all these amazing people, and we realized it, it was a possibility. We can produce these films ourselves, and we have, and we've been having a blast ever since. Would love to do this full time one day. That's a dream. Yeah. Well, hey, you got to live the dream before yep. you know. <laughs> yeah. Great. Now, my husband's always encouraged me. I mean, he's always been the writer. I could never write. And who is it for hunger? He says, why don't you try? And I says, I have nothing there. I don't. He says, put one word in my head. He said, think divot box. And within the next day, I put myself in front of the computer, and I don't know where it came from because all my life I've never written. And it just came pouring out. And wow. since then, I've written another one. So, it's um, yeah, he's... Uh, He's my superman. He gives me all the encouragement. So, <laughs> oh, that's great. That's terrific. Yeah. I'm glad you have that support structure at home because that can be important too, especially when you're you're putting your own money into something. To oh, absolutely. have the support and someone that believes in you to mm -hmm. be able to continue. Well, that's reciprocal, you know. I did this, you know, came up with this first. Let's do this because I was supporting him and then he in turn supports me. It's the same thing with the special effects. I mean, I've never done that before in my life. And I got um, inspiration from two of our films, uh, We Love Selfies and Because Reasons, Melissa Marie um, from uh, Philadelphia. She's amazing at what she does. And I was so intrigued by what she pulled off for, that we needed for those two films. And I just started self-teaching myself. And he, my Joey said, you can do this. And um, I'm amazed at what I've been able to accomplish so far. You can do whatever you put your mind to it. Great. Now, Lisa, recently you've started doing your own special effects and like practical special effects, not just computer stuff. How did that start for you? Yeah, actually, we don't really do computer stuff. Everything we do is on set. Um, how did, I'm sorry, what did you ask me? How did you, where did you get the idea that, you know, oh, well, we can actually do this? I just got the inspiration from um, the person who used to do the special effects, and I just wanted to teach myself. So for Killer, the only thing that was really needed was a bullet wound. So this was easy to the head. This was easy to start. So sure. uh, YouTube. YouTube, <laughs> you can find anything. Great resource. I, I watch so many YouTube videos to get inspiration to teach myself how to do things. So I was able to pull that off. Um, it was also a scene where my husband was going to be shot in the back of the head. He was playing, you know, somebody that broke in. So I had to rig something, you know, with this tubing to go behind his ear, and I'm out of out of sight, and I got this, like, you know, uh, the baby syringes, the, right. the aspirators. I, with all my force, when he got shot, I and it rigged, and it, the blood went flying out. So I, my mind just works with everything that we need to do. Um, but house call, house call was huge. You know, we had um, that tongue, um, that you had mentioned um, that I went to a store and bought a goat's tongue um, yeah and we had that on a little um, thing that was holding it so when you switch off with the camera first you see the real tongue then when you come back you see that and that's how he's able to cut it you got that effect right but uh, yeah the worst was the, the the scene where his his heart was being taken out of him that was a big undertaking for me because I had to make the entire chest cavity and make it all look when he pulled that heart out like it was coming out of his chest and it all worked. It just I just seemed to have a knack for this and I really enjoy doing it, which is really odd because all my life I've been terrified to watch horror. Oh, really? You know, 
Yeah, yeah. Um, I used to watch some of the classics, you know, like Nightmare on Elm Street and the, the original Halloween and stuff like that. That I was able to get through. But things like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I only watched that too recently. And when I watched it, I was like, what was I so afraid of? I think it was because now I know how everything is done. Nothing really scares me anymore. <laughs> right, yeah. Once that veil has been lifted, it's like, okay, this this is yep. real. Yeah. They're so not actually getting chopped up by a chainsaw. <laughs> exactly. And my husband, Joseph, has been a big horror fan all his life. So he's been having a lot of fun these last few years thinking of all the movies he's watched over the decades and then sharing them with me. And I, I've been having a lot of fun catching up on things I was afraid to watch all my life. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, for a period, too, um, I just got away from watching horror movies. Um, when I was a teenager, my wife and I like ate it up. Uh, mm. She was my girlfriend at the time. Um, and we would just watch you know the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre when I came out that was just like it's such a grimy feel to it it was mm-hmm. it was just so cool and then we watched a couple others and then maybe it just kind of like fell off around like Saw 5 or something <laughs> <laughs> so I've never, never been big on the um, the you know the continuations yeah. you know yeah I just I feel after a while it's enough <laughs> They're just like money makers at that point. Yeah. Like, oh, it's Halloween. There's another blank. You know, it's yeah. blank number five. <laughs> um, yeah, but I do feel like a lot of the original ideas are—they're just so much better. Have you seen It Follows? The second one. Do they have a second one? Um, wasn't there an original? I saw the whatever the first one was. I, I thought there was a second one that came out. Maybe I'm wrong. Oh, it, the one with the clown. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. They just made a new one, and that that was really interesting. How well, they no, did I that. We haven't gotten around to seeing that yeah. yet. Yeah. No. Well, there's actually another movie called It Follows. It's it's mm-hmm. not related to the clown. Oh, um, really? But it's it's very reminiscent of the old John Carpenter movies. Mm-hmm. But it's got like a more recent kind of feel to it oh. and it's it's very psychological in that sense and I, I just i just loved it and once i saw that movie i was like okay horror movies have something to them like that psychological i think element. maybe we avoid i thought we maybe thought that was part of the clown series and so we didn't even bother now i'm gonna have to seek that out <laughs> yeah <laughs> but i i love i love the psychological element to horror like right. even you know some of the, like the gross out stuff it you your eyes can be glued to the screen but some of the psychological stuff you just like you get chills and you think about it later at night when you're trying to go to sleep and (laughs) (laughs) absolutely yeah that works for me um how do you try to to mesh those two things together um when you're you're talking about um just the idea of for the one film i saw um someone who who takes people who ring his doorbell and he invites them in like that 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 was a common everyday occurrence for most of my life up until you know stranger danger hit a whole nother level maybe it was right due to horror movies mm-hmm. um, so you've got that that kind of built-in situation um, that can be very nervous to go into someone's house and to to not know what you're expecting and then also you do have kind of like the the more gruesome effects um how do you find a balance between those two uh, joey had written wrote house call um and his mind works very differently than mine 
Um, he came up with that. I was just like blown away with that script and it, that was really a lot of fun to do. Um, I think he wanted to have exactly that feel of mm. the old time knocking, you know, people going door to door, coming in your house because that is so obsolete now. Um, so he wanted him to have that inviting to come in, the feeling safe to go in, but then what unfolds afterwards, he should have known better. <laughs> Those are just such cautional tales, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I really think that when you add those two elements together, both like the psychological and like the the gruesome thing, it just it can take it to a whole another level. It's yeah. like adding music. Um, mm. And you've won for best music. Um, that was all Daniel Brown. Yeah, all Daniel Brown. He just yeah. We were hands off with that, with all the editing, the music choices, and we are always so surprised to see what he comes up with and just always blown away. He makes perfect choices. And it's nice to have um, someone on your team who you can rely on. Absolutely. Yes. And um, so you primarily do, do the writing and producing and some of the special effects. So when it comes to the producing... Um, I know you said you've looked on Craigslist. You've looked on like different things. Yeah, we, like we, that. that was only like for our first film because yeah. we didn't know about Film.org. We're, film.org is our go-to place now. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I've it's, never used it. Um, what, really? What's the it's setup? It's a great site. It's, it, it's a it's the Greater Philadelphia Film Office, and okay. it's all free. You just go on there for casting, for actors, for crew. Um, you post it. You post whether it's voluntary, deferred, paid. And you put your listing on there, and just uh, you got the next week or so, you're just going to be bombarded with your emails at how many responses come in. Wow! And then as they come in, we just go through. We usually take some sides. We send them to the actors. We just no direction. Just give them a little background. Tell them to run with it. Send us a video audition. That's one of our favorite parts. We love seeing everybody's take on the same set of sides when the video auditions come in. That's that's a blast. Oh, that's fantastic. And I'm sure there's a similar resource for different areas, so you know, our viewers will have to look into that. Yeah, it's odd to me, though, is I get a lot of response. I have to be very specific saying Lancaster, Pennsylvania to response because I've gotten responses from, like, across the United States. I've got responses okay. from California. As a matter of fact, for because reasons, we had um, cast as Tiffany, um, that was the main character, and we found the perfect actress. And then we found out she was from Tennessee. And that wasn't in our budget to fly her here, but yeah. she wanted the part so bad, she drove here. Oh, wow. We put her up in a hotel. She spent what, over 24 hours driving, slept the night, and was ready to go the next day. When we wrapped at 9 o'clock that next day, she got in the car and drove back to Tennessee. And she did the performance of a lifetime that we could have never experienced for that actress. Matter of fact, that um, Joey wrote the adaptation of uh, Isaac Thorne. He's a horror author um, that we become friends with, and Joey's uh, adapted a few of his short horror stories. And because reasons happens to be one of them, um, and he was just blown away by um, her take on his character. So that was a lot of fun, also. That's fantastic. Yeah. So when you're working with, um, you've written a script, um, you're bringing people in, 
how do you find the right people um, to trust with your script or as a collaborator? That's always you mean as like like the actors. Uh, actors, director, like how do you how do you gel your vision with someone else? Yeah, well, it, it's odd because you know you always have to be a little nervous about just talking about acting. Who you're going to pick if it's somebody you haven't worked for? Can you trust this person to show up on game day? Seeing we only have one day, that is a always a biggest concern. And amazingly, we have never had a problem. Wow. Everybody we've ever picked always shows up. Um, we've we've been very blessed. We really have. And like I said, when I mentioned like like in collaboration with like Isaac Thorne, um, we met him through Twitter, and now we've become very friendly over the years. And that he trusted his work for Joey to ad- you know adapt a screenplay from his work. Um, that's always very cool too. It, it's amazing, you know, the people you never met in face. I mean, uh, over in Twitterland, uh, I have. We have met so many amazing people um, that, uh, even though we've never met them, we consider them friends. Um, yeah. It's, so, it's, social media can be really a great thing. It could be horrible, but it could also be a great thing. Depends on how you use it, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, we have a whole support group on Twitter. It's, it's called the Horror Family. It's a separate group on Twitter. Okay. And um, there's maybe like 30 of us in this group. And we just support each other's work like on a daily basis. Oh, and we all fantastic. help each other out. So, yeah. It's pretty cool. You and your husband together are writers. And you've just started writing. So what have you learned from him and what do you bring to the table? I think my writing style is a bit different than his. Maybe just from a woman's point of view, I think differently. Um, uh, but yeah, I, it's, it doesn't come easy to me. Um, never has. Uh, that's why this is the only, the first two I've written, but, uh, oddly enough, like the hunger, you know, that. That idea originated from him, but I ran with the story. Um, and for the second one, which was funny, my neighbor is an avid gardener. Um, he lives for this time of year, but he starts preparing from the uh, from the season. But when the season ends, he starts preparing. He oh, composts wow. everything. Composts everything. So I'm looking maybe last November, I'm looking outside November, December, January, and his compost pile is getting bigger and bigger. And now he's putting stakes around it. And I said, this thing looks like a grave. And I said to my husband, I said, there is a story in this. And he said, well, go for it. And I said, well, I can't think of anything right now. So I'm on my deck like every day, staring at this compost pile, taking pictures of it. My neighbor thought I was crazy. Um, And then out of nowhere, this this idea just came to me and that's another one we absolutely love to do but it's going to be i need two locations i need my yard and his yard to both look certain ways mm. without you know actually bringing in like some cgi or something so i think i'm actually going to go like a screenplay contest route with that one at first before we try and do that okay. um so we'll see where that goes but i would love to shoot that one that one would be a lot of fun Sounds interesting. Uh, do yeah. you do many screenplay competitions? My husband does from time to time um, over the years. I haven't yet, but that's I think that's what I'm going to do with the garden. I think that's the right uh, road to take with this and see how it goes. Okay. I know I've only entered finished projects into uh, film festivals, 
but I've also seen a couple film festivals. They have screenplay competitions, and some festivals mm-hmm. are only screenplay competitions. Yes. What's been um, his experience with that? Does he like them? Does he think they're worth it? Do you get good feedback? The last one he did, um, you know, there's so many, you know, great writers that it's very hard to move on to the next. And he has moved on over the years, you know, to another round, but never got past that. Um, but last, uh, he had a Western that he actually did. It's a Western miniseries. Um, so he put that in and the feedback he got was invaluable. Um, he had like a personal coach that, you know, emailed him with all the notes and wow. they were really constructive that things that he wouldn't have seen because, you know, writing, um, writing for writing a screenplay that you're going to film yourself is one thing, but writing it in a competition, there are certain rules that if, if you're not familiar with what is needed in in an actual screenplay for screenplay contest, you would probably get kicked out just because you're not following the correct formats or things like that. And they they also wind you in a little because they actually think about like commercial breaks. Now, when you're writing, you're not thinking about a commercial break, but apparently when you submit these miniseries, they do. They do look at that. Um, How are we going to end this and then start again with the commercial. So when you write, you actually, for these contests, you actually have to write with things like that in mind. Oh, so like if it's a series, you've got commercial yes. breaks between. You, Interesting. Yeah. And something we would have never thought of. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a different way of writing because it uh, is. you do have to stick to that structure. And you also have to be fairly rigid with the time constraints between each act. Right. Yeah. Um, so now when you're writing for something that you do shoot, do you always have it in your mind that I want to shoot this, we need to make it with what we currently have? What do you mean with what we currently have? Uh, so your locations, props you already may have, um, as opposed to, I guess, do you approach writing as... I'm going to shoot this. Like, this is going to be something I'm going to shoot. It's going to be at our house. Um, I know this actor. It would be good. Or do you just write and then the decision to film it or save it for just as screenplay comes later? No, I just, well, I think the both of us just write. Um, and, you know, that's that's what we want to produce. And then once we have that, now we say, okay, what do we need for this? Mm. Um, like I knew, like for hunger, I need, I needed to make this elaborate costume. But then I remembered, Gatekeepers was uh, just a trailer we had done. That was the idea for the feature film, the very first thing we ever shot, um, the trailer. And I made this elaborate costume, and it was only ever shown in that trailer that really didn't do anything. So I, I pulled that out of storage and I made adjustments to that. And then I knew I needed this huge prosthetic. So, I mean, I wrote it, but now I have to make this. So that's when I started doing all the YouTube and it took me months and months of working on this to actually perfect it. Um, so you write it and then you look and you say, okay, now what do we need and how much, maybe we got six, seven months. And we have to get everything ready in the house and get all the props. And uh, like for Hunger, that was 80s. Um, I painted my house blue and yellow. I made curtains in 
green and purple. Uh, we bought these little easy bake oven things that you would use back then. You know, mm -hmm. we transformed the entire house, you know, to go with the 80s type of theme. But I enjoy doing that. I do. That's fantastic. And I love that you can use one location and just dress it up in so many different ways. Like, I, I know when I was first, I don't say starting out, but for a period, I, I didn't do filmmaking for a period after college when I was focusing on work. And then I said, you know what, I have to come back to this. And you know, what did I have? I had my apartment. So I shoot my kitchen. And then another one, I shot, you know, my kitchen, um, my dining room. And then I shoot the living room. And, you know, once you had exhausted that, it felt like I can't use this again. Joey says all the time, Joey says, how are we going to keep on doing this? They're just going to keep on recognizing us. I just keep on painting. We keep on changing furniture. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, definitely having painted walls, um, it adds to something because, you know, I've got white walls. I decorate it with all this crap for here, mm -hmm. but anywhere else it's a white wall with some pictures or paintings hanging up. Um, it doesn't look so great on film because right. of the nature of light and the nature of how cameras camera sensors uh, process the light so i can see behind you you've got a purple background that i did for we love selfies i painted this purple for we love selfies and we just love it so it stayed so yeah <laughs> yeah and it and it's great because it's a it's a slightly darker color it doesn't really bounce light in the same way and i've been watching mm -hmm. a couple tv shows and they've always got painted walls yeah. it's something that i've never ever notice when watching a tv show <laughs> yeah it really brings it brings out the film more so much more when you watch it it looks it, it really more, it, it, makes, it makes an impact on it right yeah. it's a more like professional look and it's funny because i'm not i'm not into interior design or anything but it's something that i'd never looked at before but it's okay. i think it's a really easy way to add some production values just slap some paint on the walls absolutely yeah <laughs> Lisa, it's been a pleasure talking with you. Um, you too. We learned a lot. So where can our viewers and listeners find your work? Um, YouTube.com backslash My Little Rascal Productions um, is where we have our films also, well, on Vimeo, but um, you'll find them all on YouTube. And then uh, we're on Facebook at Facebook.com. My, backslash my little rascal productions okay. and on twitter we're on twitter.com joey is my little rascal one i'm little, my little rascal eight so <laughs> <laughs> great i'll have all those links in the description and lisa thank you so much for going indie depth thank you andrew <laughs>